and we created it for unknown opportunities where we know that things are going to come for us and we're almost hesitant to define them because we want them to remain unknown opportunities. We're like, you know, bigger than we can even imagine sort of things. Welcome to What Works. I'm your host, Tara Gentili. On What Works, our goal is to break through best practices, transcend conventional wisdom, and put theory to the test. To do that, we talk to real small business owners about what's actually working for them right now and deep dive on the who, what, how, and why of how it works. This week, I welcome back Emily Thompson. Emily is the founder of Indie Shopography and the co-host of Bean Boss, which was recently featured in Apple Podcasts' Bold Women Roundup. Emily and her co-host, Kathleen Shannon, are launching their first book out into the world next week. It's appropriately titled Bean Boss. I wanted to chat with Emily to find out more about the strategy behind the book, how they fitted into running two separate businesses in addition to being boss, and why they decided to go with traditional publishing instead of self-publishing. We dive into what works when it comes to co-writing, how they landed their book deal, and how the book fits into the rest of the year ahead. Let's find out what works for Emily Thompson. Emily Thompson, welcome to What Works. Thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I will be here anytime. Excellent. Well, this is your second time on the pod and you have now joined a very, very small group of favorite friends of the pod who have been here twice. So congratulations on that. But I owe you a much bigger congratulations, of course, because you and Kathleen Shannon have your very first book coming out or came out. Um, I'm sure we're we're timing this perfectly. So we'll just say that it's out now. Um, So let's talk about the Being Boss book. Um, What gave you guys the idea to make the leap from the Being Boss podcast to a Being Boss book. I love that. So Being Boss, or actually, let's start even before Being Boss with mine and Kathleen's relationship, where (laughs) we've been, you know, we've been business besties for years. And one of the goals that we kept sharing with with each other was that we wanted to write a book. And Back then, it was always separately, and neither of us knew what our book was going to be about or or anything. We just knew that like publishing was something that we wanted to do. And then whenever we started the Being Boss podcast, we went into it always with this sort of super lofty dream of it being what we called a multimedia conglomerate. And we had no idea what that was going to mean, but we always knew that the content that we were sharing on the Being Boss podcast was going to live on other platforms beyond the podcast. So we didn't know what that would be, but obviously a book would fit into that really well. So once we started creating all of that Being Boss content and really working on what our pillars were, what those foundations of Being Boss were, um, and gathering all of this information from people that we were interviewing and then those conversations we were having, just the two of us, we felt that it was time to live out a couple of our dreams. And one of those being writing a book and the other of those being growing, being boss beyond just the podcast. So it was really a natural next step for both of us, both separately and together. And so a book was something that because it was a dream of ours, because it was something that we had always been hoping to do was just the second part or the second format for the Being Boss podcast. And we're sure it will take on other steps beyond that. But the book was what was going to happen next. 
Gotcha. And let's talk about the timing of this, because the idea is one thing, but I think timing is another thing. (laughs) Um, And there's I think there's probably never a right time and there's always a right time. Right. So why now? And obviously realizing that because this is a traditionally published book and we'll get to that in a moment, um, this isn't it's not now. Right. This has been in the works (laughs) for a long time. Right. Now is a very long time. Right. Now (laughs) is a very long time. Why did you decide now, you know, a couple of years ago was the right time to write the book? Sure. So I guess it was officially probably two years ago. And I think it was about the time that we were wrapping up one year. So we're actually recording this in January just to give some some context where we were wrapping up the end of a year and diving into the beginning of a new year and making some plans as to what it was that we were going to be doing and being boss that year. And one of those was, I think it's time to write a book. And so we just sort of set it and put it out there that, you know, maybe this is the year that we write that book and not really making any hardcore steps towards it, except talking about it between ourselves and then also on the podcast a little bit, this idea that we wanted to write a book. And because we were putting that out into the world, um, both in the conversations we were having with ourselves, that sort of does start driving some little steps behind the scene, behind the scenes, but also, you know, to our audience, we started getting book agents contacting us, um, saying that they had heard us either mention that we want a book or they had seen our content and thought that it would make a great book. And so we started having conversations with book agents. Um, and that's when it really started getting real in that, like, we're actually taking real steps towards writing a book. And we had a couple of conversations with book agents and none of them really felt like the right fit. So we were really diving into not only like what it was going to look like to create a proposal and, you know, have this relationship, but what we were looking for in that kind of relationship, um, which helped us define the kind of book agent that we wanted to work with. So once we could start narrowing in on, you know, the kinds of um, the kinds of experiences we wanted to have along the way. We were able to get a lot more discerning um, and a lot more action oriented with, you know, actually making this book happen. Um, And I think it was about a year and a half ago. So let's say, what year is this? This is 2018 now. So it would have been summer of 2016. We, um, We got an email from a Being Boss listener and she'd been listening to Being Boss for a really long time. She was a book agent. We had helped her quit her day job um, to embark on, you know, her life as a creative entrepreneur, as a book agent. And she wanted to help us turn our podcast into a book. And we had a conversation with her and we knew immediately that she was the perfect fit for representing us and our book to the publishing world. And so at that point, a year and a half ago, it uh, it started becoming super official. And once we had a book agent doing that book proposal, which is the part that we'd really been putting off all the while, um, was a very important piece of homework that we had to get done. So we started our book proposal. And so in summer of 2016, we started our book proposal. It probably took us a month and a half or two to write it and really finesse it and get it going. And then we pitched it to... um, we, whenever I say we, our wonderful book agent pitched it to um, publishing houses. And then once that happened, it actually started happening happening relatively quickly. So we talked to a couple, we got um, a couple of bids from a couple, and uh, we made our decision. And so by the end of 2016, we had a book deal and we had uh, mapped out on our calendar when we were going to write the book. And that's pretty much when it got started. 
Yeah, that's fabulous. Thank you for walking us through that. I love that you pointed out how much choice you guys ex- uh, exercised throughout the whole process. Because I think a lot of people, when they're thinking about, well, you know, writing a book is a dream of mine, or this is something that, you know, this is a personal goal that I have in life. I think there is a tendency to take the first thing that comes your way because it feels like, this may never happen again, or this, this is it. This is my big chance. And I love that you really laid out that you looked at what your different options were. You didn't get tied to the first agent that contacted you. You didn't get tied to the first publishing house that made you an offer. Um, and that you really looked at choice and what you wanted out of the process. And I think that's a huge lesson, whether it's, whether it's talking about books or it's talking about anything else that might be out there exercising that choice, I think, um, really got you guys some incredible results. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. How did you decide to go with traditional publishing versus self-publishing? Because you guys are both set, you're set up for taking really good advantage of both ways. And I'm curious just what the thought process was there. The thought process was long (laughs) and arduous for sure. I mean, really up until the moment that we accepted an offer, we were considering going either way. So it was every step of the way, again, exercising that choice of like, let's just continue going down this path to make sure that this, that traditional publishing is actually what we want to do because all along the way, we knew we had the choice and Mm -hmm. really, um, really looking at all the options and weighing them against what we wanted to be responsible for and what we didn't want to be responsible for, the kind of experience that we wanted to have every step of the way was, was part of every single one of those decisions. So it really wasn't until that last moment of like, all right, really, we're either going to traditionally publish or we are going to self-publish, which is it going to be? And we did ultimately decide on traditional publishing. And for us, it was, it was a matter of a couple of things. One of those being, we obviously had a multi-year long relationship where we were both talking about writing a book and neither of us had done it yet. So we both knew that that, uh, that external pressure, those deadlines, those like expectations from someone else was actually going to help us write the book. And so that was a big part of it was just knowing that we were answering to someone else. And for Kathleen and I, like total self-reliant bosses who get our own shit done, like the book just wasn't happening without someone else. And so recognizing that for us was a very important part of it. But also there were things that we didn't want to be responsible for. So one of those being like the quality of print. Um, Mm -hmm. Whenever it comes to a book for us, it wasn't about creating an ebook. It wasn't about um, creating a book that was going to be, you know, printed on demand. For us, it was about creating an experience for the people who are going to be reading the book. And we knew that for us to be able to do that and to have the quality product that we wanted to create, we were going to have to go with someone that had those relationships because building those relationships with printers and you know getting samples and all of those things was not a problem that Kathleen and I wanted to tackle ourselves, at least not in this iteration um, of, or in this project that we were creating. So for us, that was a big thing where, you know, that end product was really important and a publisher could help us get that end product and really that book experience that we wanted to create. Um, So those two were two of the biggest ones. Um, And then I guess the third one and really the overarching one for us was that we wanted the clout that came with being traditionally published. Kathleen and I have done our own thing all by ourselves for, you know, as long as we've been doing what we do. Um, 
but we wanted to not even like that outside, like, um, I guess gratification, like having someone, you know, say we're important enough to get a book deal. Um, but really for, for people who want to have us speak, um, or for people who want to collaborate with us to see us and see that we had the clout of being traditionally published. I will never forget being at Alt Summit years ago and listening to Grace Bonney from Design Butts, Design Sponge speak about her book deal and her saying that, um, you know, a published book is one of the best business cards you can have. And that stuck with me in a way where I always knew that even though, you know, authority and I are not always the best of friends and that <laughs> I know I can do things quickly and easily and of quality, like all on my own, this was going to be a time when going with a traditional route of doing something um, that would have really big impact was going to be what I was going to have to do to get what I wanted out of it. So the clout, um, and then also the ability to reach more people than we were already reaching. We wanted to extend the Being Boss brand. If we had self-published, we only would have been selling really our book to our current fan base. And that's all good and fine. And we're excited to have this book for our current fan base. But we wanted the spread of our brand that traditionally publishing could bring. So those are, I guess, the four big decisions that went into us choosing traditional over self-publishing. What Works is brought to you by Aptive. Let's get real here. Growing a business can be hard on your body. If you're like me, you sit in front of your computer most of the day. You grab whatever's close by for lunch and you just want to chill when the day is done. Now, after eight years of entrepreneurship, I felt worn down. Worse yet, I felt like I wasn't firing on all cylinders or doing my best work. At the beginning of 2017, I vowed to make a change. I wanted to level up my business and my lifestyle. I needed to be on top of my game. Now, I started off on my own. I fit in an extra walk outside here or there. I hopped on the treadmill before my morning coffee. I was making progress, but it was slow. Then I discovered Aptive. Aptive brings one-on-one -on -one personal training right to your phone. You download the app and have instant access to hundreds of workouts designed by personal trainers and set to great playlists. The trainers coach you through every step of the workout from form cues to motivation to extra challenges. Aptive helped me establish a routine I could stick to. Before long, I couldn't do without my morning movement sessions. What's more, they've been with me as I leveled up. I started with easy beginner walk and jogs, progressed to high intensity intervals, added in strength training, and now I'm working toward running my first 10K. I'm in better shape than I've ever been, including high school sports. I look amazing, but most importantly, I'm 100% present and at peak functionality for my business. Get started with your free trial today by going to ideas.cocommercial.co slash workout. That's ideas.cocommercial.co slash workout. Once you're in, message me on Instagram for my favorite workouts. All business owners need help from time to time. In fact, most weeks, you probably run into a challenge, obstacle, or setback that threatens your progress. And that means that most weeks, you're looking for answers, help, or support to stay on track for your goals. But here's the thing. I firmly believe that the way you get support for your small business is broken. I believe all you should have to do is ask. You shouldn't have to wait for someone to develop an online course to solve your problem. You shouldn't have to spend hours Googling for answers. 
you shouldn't have to download freebie after freebie after freebie to piece together a plan. All you should have to do is ask. Now, trust me, I know that asking for help is hard. You might not have experienced or reliable folks to talk to. You might feel weird asking for support in public, or you might even have a hard time articulating your questions. That's why we created CoCommercial. CoCommercial is a private, dedicated support network for small business owners like you. We make it easy to connect with experienced and reliable people. In fact, 60% of our top members have been in business for three years or longer. We put you at ease because asking for help, receiving support, and encouraging you to learn out loud is what our network is all about. And our in-depth conversations make it possible to work out your real questions over time. And we do all this for about 90% less cost than online courses, programs, and coaching that have less support, less hands-on help, fewer special events, and fewer opportunities to learn too. But you don't have to take my word for it. When you join, give it a try, ask your questions, and attend some events. If you're not wowed by the depth of support, quality of connections, and the value of our events in the first 30 days, just let us know. We'll refund your membership fee. Are you ready to give it a try? Go to cocommercial.co to request your invitation. Once you join, remember, all you have to do is ask. Again, request your invitation today at cocommercial.co. All right. I want to talk about how you guys actually wrote the book too, because I'm fascinated by that process. But before we get to that, just thinking about the process of planning and setting the goal for the book and and really just getting things set up to the point you could start writing, what would you do differently next time? Oh, I think setting up, I think anything that I would do differently now came from the learning process that came from actually doing it. And so I think this is best answered by actually just telling you how this went down. Okay, great. <laughs> because, because we went into it very differently than we ended. And I think the way we ended was perfect. And it was the kind of really perfect relationship and like, like creative relationship that I think has definitely created the thing that I am most proud of. But going into this, we thought... A couple of things. One, everyone had told us that writing is writing a book is the most painful process you will ever endure. And so we went into it with pretty low expectations in a lot of ways, <laughs> or like really high pain expectations, I guess, where, um, where not only is writing a book supposed to be super difficult on your own, but we were going to be writing it with each other. So we went into it like just, just trying to like survive immediately. And so we went into it and we chose a chapter, just a random chapter that we were both like interested in diving into. And um, we dove into that chapter separately. So we sort of divvied up the little sections. We're like, you write this one, I'll write this one. We'll come back in a week and we'll read it and see what happens. And we did that and it was awful. It was, it made no sense. There was no like linear quality to it. It was just like a couple of chunks of text that were thrown together. So we sat on that for about a week and like we both left that first meeting super drained. Like I remember leaving that meeting like almost in tears to the point of like, what did I sign up for? This is going to be such a hard process. Like, why am I doing this? So we sat on it for about a week. We totally trashed the whole thing. Um, I got a total B in my bonnet, like one Saturday or Sunday afternoon. And it was like, you know what, for us to be able to do this, I have to put my like normal type A 
organizational hat on and just like super outlined this book, like almost minutely, like almost too mm-hmm. much. And so I did that. I sent it over to Kathleen. We ended up working a whole Sunday, which is very against both of our boundaries in a lot of ways, but it was just like creatively, it was time for us to do that. So really the book started with us getting really clear on the entire linear outline of the book. Um, and then from there, we started writing from the very beginning all the way to the very end so that we could really build upon each piece as we went, as opposed to sort of like piecemealing it together. And, um, and we found that actually writing separately was a lot less productive than actually writing together. So what we would do is we would block out a couple of hours every week. We did find that we could never write for more than an hour and a half or two hours and get anything of quality. So our, our little time chunks were about an hour and a half to two hours and we would get on Skype or we were actually using zoom. We'd get online faces (laughs) together (laughs) and we would write together. Um, Sometimes we would be quiet and just like write these little chunks on our own. And then we would start talking again, and we would actually read them aloud to each other. And in the beginning, it was really difficult because imagine like creatively putting yourself on paper or we were using Google Docs and then having someone immediately read it and go, "Mm, you can do better, (laughs) like to your face. The first couple of times is really difficult. By the end of it, it was easy and expected and it made us better writers. And I think it made a really, really great book. Um, it also made us not very precious about like the creative efforts that was going into it. I remember whenever we were doing the, the like editing of it, our editor was kind of tiptoeing around things that she thought needed to be cut or, you know, fixed or whatever. We we're like, whatever it can go. Like we don't care anymore. Um, so it really gave us the ability to sort of release our ego and just do what needed to be done. And throughout the rest of the writing process, Kathleen and I both agree that it was the most thrilling, exciting, and fun work we have ever done. I would leave the studio most days, like having just cried my eyes out laughing so hard for an hour or two. And uh, David, my, uh, my partner would be like, did you guys get anything done today? (laughs) I'd be like, we finished like two chapters a day or whatever it was. And so, um, so it ended up being really, really fun work where, you know, working in that way and that closely with someone where you're writing, you're like talking out loud while the other person is like typing out for you because sometimes you just need to say the things out loud mm-hmm. um, to really get clear, like having that relationship where, you know, Kathleen and I know when we're getting in on nuggets or, or when we know we can write something better because we were starting to get tired, like we can read things and be like, um, I can tell you started getting a little worn out here. So let's just revisit this paragraph. Uh, or whatever it may be. It really made our relationship stronger. It made it for some really, really great writing, I think. Um, and I think it will definitely extend into us being better creatives where, you know, give us feedback. We have no problem accepting or hearing anything. We know when to release something and we also know when to fight for things. Um, it's It was a process that both of us have enjoyed so much that we will absolutely do it as many times as we are given permission to do. That well, that was going to be my next question. Is this something you want to do again? So there's the answer to that. That's that's fantastic. Thank you so much for laying that out because um, I mean, yes, not only are you co-writing it with someone, but you are co-writing it with someone who does not live in the same state as you, um, who is you know 
uh, your partner online. Um, and so really getting a glimpse into what that looked like and, and all the benefits of it. Now I'm sitting here thinking like, maybe I should be co-writing with somebody. <laughs> I, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone and not right. like every relationship. <laughs> like there are definitely people in my lives that I'm not trying to write a book with you. I like, it takes a very special relationship, but it has, it's, and we both recognize it as something where we know it's not traditional and we know like working like that is not traditional, um, but like pushed us in ways and pulled us in ways and stretched us in ways that would like we would never experience if we hadn't gone at that kind of project um, in a field that we both share and have like such a great passion for and in a medium that we both want to be better at and that being writing. And it, it, it was it was an experience where I think the product is great, but the experience was totally worth it. I love it. I love it. All right. So we've been talking about the process of writing the book, uh, which is called Being Boss, and it is available now and you should go buy it. Um, but I want to talk about how you're going to use this book in your business, too, because as you said, you mentioned uh, Grace Bonney, also friend of the pod, um, and her saying, you know, the best business card you can have is a book and on all the things that you can do with that and all the clout and credibility that brings to your brand. How are you and Kathleen planning to leverage the book to grow the Being Boss, Being Boss brand? That's a tough one to say. <laughs> it can be for sure. Um, honestly, we don't know. <laughs> okay. So as much forethought and planning as we like to give into the, or put into things, this book has been one of those things where beyond the book is almost like a black hole where we have created this book and we created it for unknown opportunities where mm. we know that things are going to come for us and we're almost hesitant to define them because we want them to remain unknown opportunities. We're like, you know, bigger than we can even imagine sort of thing. So we definitely envision doing a little bit more speaking. We absolutely envision doing another book um, or two or three, however many are possible. So like those are some things that are definitely defined and we're hoping, you know, that it brings more podcast listeners. Um, we've created, um, we've created some, you know, supportive digital products that will help people there as well. But really like we're just keeping ourselves open to the opportunities. One of the things that Kathleen and I both recognize that we've done for years is really sort of box us in, box ourselves in with responsibility where, you know, we give ourselves so many things to do and so many expectations. And like, you know, we're defining so much that we don't leave ourselves room for other extra things that can come along, but somehow, and for whatever reason, we've really kept ourselves as open as possible with what we want to do once this book is out. Um, so, you know, we have regular business things planned. We both still have our own separate businesses. So we are like, our calendars are full, but overall we really just see this as an impetus for whatever. <laughs> <laughs> an impetus for whatever. I dig it. Uh, tell us how you're marketing the book. Cause I know you guys are both really excellent marketers. You think toward, as you said, growing your listenership, growing your, your brand. What, what are some of the things you guys have planned in, uh, in regards to getting the book in people's hands? Love that. Um, a couple of things. One, our publishing team, is being spectacular with marketing. So they have like traditional marketing routes pretty much covered, like, you know, 
radio, maybe some TV, like all mm-hmm. those like traditional things, right? Oprah keeps coming up. I'm going to say that here just to like let that one out into the universe. We will you know, see. Oprah listens to the pod. <laughs> of course she does. Of course she does. Um, so, you know, we have some traditional routes covered. I guess <laughs> they're taking care of that. So I'm like, you, you guys just do your job. Um, but we keep getting updates and it all sounds really, really great. Um, and then we do have some things planned around, um, around the book as well. We sort of have pulled in some of our nearest and dearest bosses um, to help us with a little launch team. So we're, we're putting that together now, which is really fun. And I'm so grateful to these bosses. Um, they're the forms that they're filling out. They just have such nice things to say, and they're so excited to be involved and to help us spread the word. Um, we also have some like pod, fun podcast things planned out, um, and maybe around like some mini series and those sorts of things. So, sort of ramping up some podcast content um, to help us, you know, again spread the word to the people we're already reaching, but hopefully. Um, bring in some new people there as well. Um, and beyond that, just normal, like social media stuff we have. And I say normal social media stuff because this is the kind of stuff that we do all the time. So it feels mm-hmm. normal and regular to me. Um, but just hyping up all of our platforms, you know, we we love our Instagram account. We love the community that we're building there. Kathleen and I love doing our Instagram stories and those sorts of things. Um, and um, I guess Facebook is one that we are pretty active. I'm not active on Facebook. That's totally just the team. And then our, our own social media platforms as well. Um, so just sort of spreading the word in all the places that our brands live um, and getting as many people as possible in. But I'm most grateful because this is the kind of project and it's the kind of, it's the kind of project that has simply grown significantly larger than me. And even me and Kathleen, where there are things happening to market this book that I don't even know about. Um, actually our marketing team sent us an email the other day, they had purchased an ad on a newsletter that goes out to like independent bookstores and they just sent it to us to say like, Hey, your ad is here. And I was like, I didn't even know you guys were doing this. So there are things happening that I'm totally unaware of, but for us, what we're most responsible for is making sure those like social media platforms and our newsletter list and our podcast content is all going to be centered around the book for those couple of weeks. Hopefully we won't totally tire everyone out, but I wrote a book guys and I don't care if you're tired or not. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am excited too. I love that the message there is just use what you've got. It doesn't take reinventing the wheel. Use what you've got make a, make a splash, uh, you know, doing the things that you always do that, you know, work and also to give ownership over to other people and let other people do the work for you too, whether that's the street team you've got for the book, whether that's your publishing house or you know, some you know, team member. Um, it's, I think those are really great takeaways, whether you're publishing a book or it's an online course or it's a service that you're premiering or whatever it might be. All right. Let's take a break from the book just for a second as we start to wrap up here. I'm curious what else you guys have on your plate for 2018. What are you doing other than interviews like this one that are all about the book or going on television shows or talking to Oprah? Do you have <laughs> do you have more vacations rolling out this year? Do you have a course rolling out this year? What else is on the plan? I love that um, because always all the things, obviously. <laughs> um, so I actually, so being boss, being boss, I... I feel like this is the year that being boss coasts and I hope I'm like I'm knocking all the wood right now and hoping that's just like that's just going to be truth where we're entering year four of being boss so I feel like we, we made it through those first two years which are you know always pretty pivotal 
for small businesses. Um, year three was about writing the book and sort of setting up all of our systems so that once the book goes out, um, it's just is coasting is the plan. So being bosses in a really good place where everything is super systemized. Our team is amazing. All the things where, where that's just going to keep going as it is. Um, in terms of vacations and things, we've gotten our, um, we've gotten our recording schedule down to an art these days where, you know, we have, we batched them. We have a couple of weeks where we're recording several times a week and then we'll have several weeks where we're not recording at all, which, um, is really nice. And is a system that we've developed after, you know, recording every single week for years and kind of getting tired of it. Um, so giving ourselves these breaks gives, keeps us energized and totally into it. So that's actually given us some room to do other things. Um, being boss was obviously the center of, um, of our worlds for about three years, both for both Kathleen and I. But now that we have everything systemized and our team is totally on board, we're both able to almost step away a little bit. One of the things that we found with being false this year, especially with those conversations between just Kathleen and I, in 20, um, in 2017, I was pretty much a hundred percent being false where my job is making sure that being boss is running. And we found that it made those conversations pretty meta and kind of boring, at mm -hmm. least for us, because we were a podcast just talking about podcasts. And that became kind of lame, at least to us. I don't think our listeners have picked up on that, but we have felt less energized around those podcasts because the thing we're talking about is the podcast. So Kathleen and I had some conversations around, we both need to get back to really doing our separate things. So she has Braid Creative, which is a, a branding um, studio that she has with her sister. And um, I've had Indie Shopography, which is websites, which we talked about in our last, um, in our last recording together. Um, and I still love Indy. Indy's doing some things um, that don't need me much anymore. My team is running that, um, which has left me with some time, <laughs> which Amazing. I laugh at, on my hands, um, and a need to do something. Um, something creative and fulfilling in a way that websites never have been and in a way that uh, allows me to lend some some extra expertise and joy to the Being False podcast. So um, I've actually started another company. <laughs> oh my goodness. Which is super exciting for me. It's called Almanac Supply Company. Um, and Almanac Supply Company, the goal is to become a brick and mortar store here in Chattanooga um, that helps people live seasonally. Um, and it, this is a project that very low key has been a part of my life for a really long time. Um, I have my degree in geography. So how the world works is the underlying current of everything that I do and, um, and running brick and mortar and business is obviously very much a part of what I do. And I'm really excited to a little bit remove myself from the online world and get back into, into local community. Um, so I actually, I have a business partner, a business partner who I've brought on to help me, um, do that. We actually went to our first, um, buying trip, this weekend, which was totally fun. Getting to go spend lots of money for other people was great fun. Um, and we have our website launching soon. Um, and we have some pop-up shops happening soon. So this is the year where everything I've built thus far is really feeding into what I see as being the thing that I'll be doing for a long time. Indie shopography was just something I started to do something. Um, being boss is a fun project that turned into something. But for me, Almanac Supply Company is a thing that I can see myself doing 10, 15, 20 years from now. And it being something where I can pull in my family. I imagine my daughter Lily being a 
a shop girl one day. <laughs> and I get so excited about that. Um, so I'm excited to take everything I know about everything I know <laughs> from all the people that we've talked to on the Being Boss podcast, everything I've learned in the past decade of doing online business and bringing that into the local community in a way that allows me to build a brick and mortar store that relies on brick and mortar just as much as it does um, online strategy to build something that can serve my local community um, and me and my family in a way that online business kind of hasn't fulfilled yet. Um, so that's my new thing as if I need another one. I know, I know, right? <laughs> Absolutely incredible. Well, the next time we have you on the podcast, it's going to have to be to talk about Almanac Supply Company then, which I, I cannot wait to, to to see how that unfolds and everything that you create there. And I can absolutely see Lily being a shop girl too. Uh, so, yeah, she'll um, be cute. Yeah, she's going to be totally cute. Emily, this was a fa fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for just really taking us inside the process of not only getting the book deal, but actually writing the book and, and thinking toward the future of the book and of your continued collaboration with Kathleen as well. Um, we're, there are all the people, I think, that Emily mentioned throughout the course of this uh, interview. We have also interviewed here on Profit Power Pursuit. Uh, so check out those uh, interviews with Kathleen, with Grace Bonney, um, because we get into a little bit uh, deeper on some of those subjects as well with those people. But Emily, thank you so much. Best of luck to you guys with the book. Um, I can't can't wait to uh, share it more with our community. And uh, I'm just looking forward to people getting their hands on it. Thank you. I, I agree. I'm excited about this. I'm excited to talk about it. And I'm so glad that, um, that you are here to share it with me. <laughs> Pick up your copy of the Being Boss book at beingboss.club slash book. What Works is brought to you by Co-Commercial. Okay, so what exactly is Co-Commercial? Co-Commercial is a social network, event producer, and support hub, especially for small business owners in the digital space. We know you wanna turn the business you've started into something that will stand the test of time, provide for you and your family, and help your customers transform their lives or work. We connect you to people who get the obstacles you're facing as an entrepreneur. We produce events to educate, connect, and inspire you on your journey. We're a community of business owners who help you find creative solutions to your unique challenges without reinventing the wheel. Here's how it works. Step one, join Co-Commercial. Step two, share a challenge, obstacle, question, or setback you're currently facing in your business. Step three, get personalized answers from a diverse community of experienced business owners. Step four, never waste time on Google or Facebook trying to find answers for your business again. We're not another online course. We're not a free group where you get lost in a sea of self-promotion. We're not a cut and paste template for doing business online. And we're not aiming to teach you a hundred new things you don't have time for. We're here to support you on your journey. We hope you get back on track and back to running, managing, and growing your business as quickly as possible. No fluff, just personalized, just-in-time answers to your biggest and smallest questions. Ready to give it a try? Request your invitation to the network today. Go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind the scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. 
We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.